Welcome back to Moving Forward. We hope to be a blessing as the Word of God is open, as we sit down with others who share their experience in ministry, and as we encourage you to move forward in your walk with the Lord. And now your host, Trey Mayfield. Welcome back to Moving Forward. Glad that you joined us today. Uh, today is an episode that I'm excited for. As always, always excited, and I always say that, but I truly am excited to have this conversation with uh, Scott Pauley. He is a man that um, I've I've heard about for a long time, and then I was privileged to be able to meet him at PCC when he came and he spoke at a seminary chapel, and it was just a blessing, blessing to hear the wisdom that God has given him, some of the experiences that he has had. Would you mind? Thank you for being with us this morning, Brother Pauly. And would would you just uh, give us a little introduction into who you are for maybe those who don't know you? Uh, where are you from? What do you do? And uh, give us a runaround. Sure. Well, thank you, Trey, for letting me be on with you. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity. I am in wild and wonderful West Virginia right now. This is uh, my home where I was born and raised, and uh, I served uh, at Crown College and Temple Baptist Church in Tennessee for uh, almost two decades. And then uh, about seven years ago, went into full-time evangelistic work. And so traveling all the time, that's what brought me there to Pensacola. Uh, but I love what God's given us to do. And uh, I love interactions like this, opportunities to try to encourage people and uh, point them towards the Lord. So I appreciate the yeah. opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. And so Today we'll we'll get right to it. And uh so today I was thinking, why don't we why don't we spend some time walking through uh could you share some biblical advice from a biblical perspective? What does God expect in a marriage? Um how how can someone have a godly marriage? Now, I know you you said you're coming up on your your big twenty-five there. So uh share a little bit about uh just kind of your personal story. Uh, I've only been married for a couple of years, so I don't have um, a bunch of experience, but uh, uh, maybe you, Brother Polly, could be a blessing to the hearers today. <laughs> well, my wife and I met in college. Uh, she's from Michigan, and uh, that's the only way a Michigan girl or West Virginia boy ever get together is in college, you know. And <laughs> yeah. so uh, we've been married almost 25 years. Uh, we got married on Friday the 13th. Lucky it's Friday the 13th Oof. of my life. It was a great one. And uh, we have three children. Grateful to God for that. It's been a journey, a wonderful journey. And uh, I think, uh, first of all, I would say to those who are, who are watching and listening, if you're not married, wait on God's time and wait on God's choice. There's a great verse in the Psalms that says, the Lord shall choose our inheritance for us. I love that. You don't choose it. God chooses. Uh, I love what Jim Elliott said. He said, God always gives his best to those who leave the choice with him. And mm-hmm. so it could be somebody listening and you're thinking, I really want to be married. And I think sometimes in haste, people make terrible decisions. And mm-hmm. I would say, wait on the Lord. When it's God's will, you'll know it's the Lord's choice for you. Now, that's what God did for me and bringing Tammy into my life. Um, you know, this, this sounds like just part of our story, but there's actually a principle in it. When we first met, uh, we were not romantically interested in one another. As a matter of fact, I was interested in another young lady. She was interested in another young man, which I still find very hard to believe. But we were in the same circle of friends, yeah. and we did a lot of things together, spent time together. And we started talking to one another as friends about life and future and about these other people that we had interest in. And after a while, we spent so much time talking to each other, we decided that we liked each other better than we liked them. So we got rid of them, kept one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I say that to people, and, and they laugh, but the truth is, 
for us, the foundation of marriage was not romance. It was friendship. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I would suggest to people uh, is put in a foundation of friendship. Mm -hmm. I believe that every good relationship has to be built on friendship. Uh, For example, you look at uh, the Lord Jesus Christ and his relationship with his disciples. All right. He's going to make them family right after the resurrection. Uh, he's going to say, I'm going to my father and your father. And he's, he's bringing them into the family. Uh, but before he goes to the cross, he says, I've called you friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, was a, there was a friendship that was foundational to everything wow. that he had for them then. So there's a spiritual principle here. Um, and practically, let me tell you what that looks like. As a married couple, every day is not uh, roses and romance. And I think sometimes people enter into marriage with a very unrealistic expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think, you know, it's going to be uh, just the uh, the sexual attraction part, just the romantic emotion part, just the whatever you fill in the sure. blank. It's not. That's not life. Uh, and here's what I've learned. I've learned that romance ebbs and flows. But friendship grows and grows. Mm-hmm. So all of your life, if you'll work as a husband and wife, to stay friends and to strengthen your friendship. My wife is my best friend. We came up the road today together, coming back uh, from out of state, uh, just talking and just enjoyed being together. And what is that? That's friendship. And, um, you know, as you get older, it means more and more uh, because you realize that uh, every day they don't see you at your best and every day they're not at their best. But, that's what true friendship is. It's yeah. unconditional love. It's, uh, it's giving, not taking. And yeah. um, I, I think sometimes, let's go to the, the other end of the marriage spectrum. You know, we're talking about young couples, uh, but we're getting ready to be empty nesters shortly. You know, two of our mm-hmm. daughters now out of college and our son soon to go to college. And um, Tammy said to me the other day, she's going to be traveling with me full time. And she said, it's a good thing I still like you. And we laughed, <laughs> but it's true. Because yeah. you see sometimes couples who built their whole marriage around just their kids. The only thing they have in common are the children. Mm-hmm. And so they wake up 25 years later and they're married to a stranger. Oof. And I, I say that because friendship is something you have to tend to. It's something that you lay the foundation of it, but you keep building on it. Mm-hmm. And you do that through communication and spending time together. Yeah, that's actually what I, what I was going to throw in there. I think communication is is the... Uh, what what precedes all of this so you you can't build a a friendship without communication right i mean what kind of relationship would we have with god if we never read our bibles if we never prayed if we never talked to him if he never talked to us there would be no um there would be no relationship with god it's the same i would say in a a marriage relationship or a friendship even um that if there's no communication then there is no there is no friendship there's no closest there's no bond and uh that's key and and communication i think you would agree is probably something that is is such a struggle to get down and get right. Well, we're busy. I mean, let's just be frank. Everybody listening to me is so busy and we're distracted. And, uh, you know, these devices that we carry around, the technology, (laughs) all the voices vying for attention, social media, all of this noise. And so practically speaking, I think we've got to learn to turn the media off. Um, Have a conversation when you get in the car, don't turn the radio on. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting when you're nervous around a person, you have to talk the whole time. There can be no silence <laughs> when you're comfortable with them. You can ride in silence. Uh, there's something sweet about a husband and wife, even taking a walk or, or a ride um, or a bike ride. And they don't have to be talking constantly, but they're together. Um, have a meal together. And that shouldn't always be just driving through the drive through either or sitting in the living room watching television while you're yeah. uh, having a meal. Um, we've, we've made a habit to leave our phones in the other room when we sit down and have a family meal together. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an intimacy even in having a meal. People open up, they talk, they share their heart. And I think that's important. Uh, let me add a layer to that, though, since you've mentioned communication. You know, lost people can communicate. Even lost people can communicate with one another because communication is, is the connection of two minds, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's the head level. There's a great Bible word, and it's the word commune. When people commune, that's heart level communication. I think one of the dangers in, in marriages, even in Christian marriages, is that people, they talk about ball and kids and work and school and vacation and politics and whatever else, but they never talk much about spiritual things. And I, I think that's really sad, but it's true in a lot of Christian marriages. And so if you want a deeper love, a deeper intimacy, um, then there needs to be spiritual communion with one another. Mm. Um, Talk to one another about spiritual things. Pray together. My pastor said to me years ago, he said, you don't even know a person to hear them pray. Because the the deepest level of communication is our communication with God. That's spirit level. And so I think couples need to pray together and they need to hear one another pray. Mm. Um, I tell you a great Bible story. This will give you something to chew on, all the listeners. Luke 24, you remember those two disciples on the road to Emmaus and Jesus mm-hmm. came alongside them. I believe that was a married couple. See, in my mind growing up, I always heard people talk about those two disciples like they were two men. But if you look carefully, only one of them is identified. His name is Cleopas. For some reason of the two, he's the leader and he's the spokesman. When they get to where they're going, they're going to their own home because they invite Jesus to to join them at a meal in their home in Emmaus. Um, Not only that, if you look around the cross, one of the women that was there was a woman named Mary, the wife of Cleopas. She's identified that way in scripture in John's Mm -hmm. gospel record. So my conviction is, I believe that was Cleopas and his wife. And I think they're walking along, they're talking, they're sad, they're disappointed. And I love the humor, the divine humor. Jesus comes along. They don't know who he is. You know the story and Mm -hmm. they explain to him. But there was something wonderful about them communing, not just with each other, but then bringing their hurt and their heart to Christ. And I really believe that's the secret to joyful Christian marriages, learning to commune with each other about spiritual things and then commune with Christ about spiritual things. Mm, that's good. And and I, I can imagine maybe the question is posed already, maybe in, in your mind as you're listening to this, Maybe you're thinking, well, it's just awkward to talk about spiritual things. Uh, My wife and I don't pray together or my husband and I don't do devotions together because it's just awkward to talk about those things. We uh, that's just something personal. Well, uh, so a piece of advice that was given to me that that maybe can help you is, you know, don't don't make it something that is so formal. Like, hey, let's let's sit down 
and now let's talk about God. Just just approach your spouse and and ask them, hey, uh, how how's it going in your walk with the Lord? Let me let me show you what what God showed me this morning as I was reading in my Bible, and, and just share what what you learned, and then that will maybe you know set that environment. Uh, that makes it conducive to talk about those things where maybe it doesn't have to feel awkward anymore. I'm just sharing what I read this morning. I'm just sharing like, wow, look, I, I don't even know what this means. What do you think about this? Right. And, and just more of an informal setting. I have found that that, that makes, that makes it for a lot less awkwardness, right? Um, because you don't feel like you're forcing anything or you're being weird. And so uh, maybe you have felt that way. Have, Brother Polly, have you, can you remember back to your early days of marriage of it, maybe kind of feeling something like that? Sure. It's something we've had to work at. I mean, it's something God's teaching me. I mean, none of us have arrived in this. Um, but I think you're exactly right. It has to be a part of your way of life. Think of this. Why does the Lord emphasize walking with Christ? Walk in love, walk in light, walk in the spirit. There's nothing more natural than walking. Well, I really believe that's the way our Christian experience should be. It should be a continuous walking with the Lord, talking with the Lord. And so you're right. It's not like we're having a church service at our house every day. Um, it, it rather is woven into the fabric of our, our conversations. Hmm. And I think your suggestion is a good one. It's something I do with Tammy often. I'll say, hey, let me show you something God showed me this morning. Let me tell you something I've been thinking about. And uh, just share a thought with one another. It opens up conversation. And I think that's really good. You know, one of the hardest times for my wife and I was a little over seven years ago when God called us to leave where we were serving and where we were very comfortable and happy and take a huge step of faith into evangelistic work. Mm. And one of the things that someone helped me to do, we set aside, Tammy and I, no one else knew we were doing it, but we set aside one day a week and we fasted and prayed. Now, we weren't together. I was at work. She was at home. But one day a week, we would fast and pray and spend time with the Lord. And it was amazing how God opened his word to me during that season and what God showed wow. me. But as I look back on it, one of the things I realized, God strengthened our marriage during that season. Because as we were both drawing closer to Christ, we were also getting closer to one another. Mm. And so there's a depth of spiritual intimacy spirit oneness that God brings when you're centered on, on Christ together. Yeah. And when you talk about the, you know, just within the marriage relationship and, and trying to, as you seek to grow closer to Christ, you know, you grow closer uh, towards your spouse. Now, what would you say to, to someone who's thinking, well, you know, we try, we, we try and we try, but there's just always seems to be tension between, um, my spouse and I, we, uh, we, we fight a lot or we argue a lot. And, you know, we, we, we try to try as hard as we can. We, we've tried everything. We've, we've taught counsel. We, we look for Bible verses and it just, it, it's, it's a lot harder than it sounds like it, which it is. It, it most certainly sure. is a lot easier said than done. What, what advice could you give to a married couple who is, who, who has felt like they've tried everything? Well, first of all, let me say there's hope. You know, I, I, I talk to people all the time. Tammy and I are in a lot of couples meetings. And sometimes they just get to a point of despair. That's the devil. You know, if you're alive, uh, there's hope. If you're breathing, there's hope. So um, I would say to people, first of all, don't, don't despair because Satan wants you to do that. That's where people quit on God. They quit on their marriage. They throw in the towel. 
And so don't give up hope, first of all. Mm. Secondly, I would say to people that the Christian marriage is less about what you get out of it. I mean, what you take out of it, like try to remove from it and more about what you put into it. So, for example, couples fussing and fighting. They're trying to stop fussing and fighting. What they're trying to do is they're trying to take the conflict out of their marriage. You're not going to remove all conflict from marriage. And you're not going to get victory over fussing and fighting by trying to stop fussing and fighting. Mm -hmm. I believe in the principle of replacement. This is really where the work of sanctification is done. When the Lord gets big in a person's mind and life and conversation and relationships, he crowds out the things that shouldn't be there. So put more attention on putting the right ingredients into your marriage. Most of the people that I've counseled with who are having struggles with negative things and and wrong things in their home, it's because there are certain positive things that are missing. So for example, um, are they, are they faithfully in a, in a church where their home is being ministered to, you know, people sometimes are having all kinds of trouble at home. They're missing church. Well, that's a simple thing, but, it's a big thing because your family needs the church family and vice versa. Um, you know, little things like my wife plays beautiful music around our home. There's it's amazing how the right kind of Christian music changes the whole atmosphere in a house. The tone is different. Um, that's a positive thing you can put in years ago. My wife said to me one day, she said, I think we are failing to give enough attention to thankfulness with our kids. We prayed with them every night before we went to bed. She said, but we're not emphasizing gratitude enough. So we started one week. I still remember it. This is funny, but we started one week before we went to bed. We would go around the circle and everybody had to say three things they were grateful for. And you couldn't repeat yourself uh, for one week. Well, that sounds easy, but the first night was super awkward because we're all trying to think of three things we're grateful for, number one. And then wouldn't you know it, somebody else th- said the thing we're thankful for. Now I got to think of yeah. something else to be thankful for. Yeah. But by the middle of the week, it was getting much easier. And by the end of the week, we were all thinking of so many things we were grateful to God for and the goodness of God in our home and our lives. It became almost like second nature. But I mm-hmm. noticed something that week, something else happened. The tone in our home changed. Even the kids were getting along better. Now, every parent listening knows that's a miracle of the grace of God, you know, but I was, the Lord is teaching me something. You put praise in, you put the presence of God in, you put gratitude in, it changes the whole dynamic. So I would challenge the people who are listening. If you're having struggles and problems, which for the record, we all do. If, if you look at somebody and they, you think they got a perfect marriage. Let me just tell you, nobody has a perfect marriage. We all have problems. Sometimes the people that want to give you the idea they don't have any problems, they're the ones coming apart of the seams, you know? So <laughs> there's no perfect marriage because there's no perfect people. But if you want a better marriage, sit down and make yourself a list, not of what you'd like your spouse to change, not of what you need to stop doing or needs to be fixed. Instead, make yourself a list of what's missing. What are we not giving attention to? What is not present in our home? I think you'll find some of those things are powerful spiritual remedies, if you will, mm-hmm. some of the things we all battle with. Yeah, that's good. Um, so going back to kind of what you said about when, when there was, when there's tension between and, and you, you have to try to understand, you know, which God calls us to do that. We're supposed to dwell with, you know, our spouse according to knowledge. Right. right. And um, I have found that 
somebody shared this quote with me um, when I was when I was traveling for the, the college and one of my leaders, um, Jordan Dodd, his, his wife told me, she said, when, when you're having conflict, she said, try to seek to understand instead of seeking to be understood. That's great. I was like, wow, that's that's great. Seek to, to understand um, your wife and your marriage. Seek to understand your husband instead of always trying to seek to be understood, get your point across or or right, and that's that selfish mentality Absolutely. Of, of me, me, me. I, I, you know, get get my point, but you, and then we turn the ears off because we don't want to hear what they have to say, right? Um, and I just I thought that was very helpful. I think it's great. You know, going back to communicating, which has to be a two way thing. One thing I would say is there is a balance between um, dealing with something quickly, in other words, not putting it off. And on the other hand, giving it time to think and pray and calm down a little bit. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when there's conflict, when there's tension, um, certainly, you know, you don't let the sun go down upon your wrath, meaning you don't let it simmer. You don't let the bitterness grow. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to deal with it. But one thing I would say to people, sometimes you need to take a deep breath and pray through something and let some of the emotions subside instead of just speaking out of your feelings. Mm. You know, this, this generation is so about their emotions and felt needs, but emotions are lie to you. Emotions are not a good gauge of truth. They're not a good gauge of God. And they're not even a good gauge of the other person. All emotions are a gauge on is what's in you right now. Mm. But remember the heart's deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So mm. sometimes you need to think and pray before you have a conversation. So you're not just speaking out of emotion. And so that's something that's helped us. Yeah. And I think it's, it's also important to understand, understand who your, your spouse is and and how she handles conflict. And, and when conflict arises, you know, you, you may be very different in the way that you handle things. For me, um, I, as soon as a conflict happens, I want to, I want to like get it over with and talk about it and like solve it because I'm a non-confrontational person. So I don't want to just let it drag out forever. And you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, Oh, we got to talk about it. So like whenever something happens, I just want to, okay, I'm sorry. You know, let's talk about it real quick and let's deal with it. Let's kiss and make up and we're good. Right. But my wife, whenever uh, something happens and, and, and a conflict arises, an argument or, or disagreement, it's better for me to just let things cool down um, because she doesn't want to talk about it right away. And I have yes. to understand that I can't try to just sit there. And I, and I had to learn that, um, the long way around uh, Don't just sit there and say, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. You know, I had to learn the way that she likes to handle conflict. And, and, and so you have to understand the other person and not just want to do it your way, but understanding that, you know what? Okay. If, if she needs a second, just to, to gather her thoughts, to let the emotions die down to, to where she can clearly think about this. Then we can talk about it. We can circle back around and uh, let's do it that way. And so seeking to understand the other person, I think, is is a huge thing in marriage. Well, you know, very true. And men and women are very different. I mean, there's a lot of humorous things said about that, but we're made up different. And men, by their nature, are fixers. Like, I want to have a 60-second conversation and be done with it. Right. Like, let's just straighten it out and we're going to move on. But um, that doesn't always work, you know, in mm-hmm. marriage. And so sometimes you do have to give it time. One practical right. suggestion I would give to people though, is this, um, 
once something's dealt with, move on and stop bringing it up. Uh, I hear people talk about forgiveness and uh, you know, forgive and forget. Mm. Uh, the reality is when we say God forgets, God knows everything. <laughs> God chooses not to bring it up again. That's what we Mm -hmm. mean when we say God forgets. If you're really forgiving something, move on, get past the past. Because I've seen spouses use things from the past, almost like a club to beat their Mm -hmm. spouse over the head. When they get upset and get wounded and they start bringing that out again, avoid doing that at all all costs. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, I was just reminded as you were saying that, how, if you think of the difference between Satan and God, Satan is the one that's always accusing. He's the one that's bringing the past to the forefront and, and always trying to put, hold that over our heads. But God is the one who he knows everything, but he chooses not to recall. He chooses not to bring to the forefront these sins that we've already uh, confessed. We've already dealt with. Uh, they're behind us and we're reaching forward to those things that are before. Um, and so in our marriages, I think uh, like like God, we should uh, we should try to you know what leave the past in the past. These these things yes. that we've already been we've already been there. We've already dealt with that. So let's move on, and especially not in a in a heated argument in the flesh, trying to bring these things back to to just hurt. I agree. You know, if I could give one uh, bottom line thing, an emphasis that would be applicable to everybody listening, no matter what stage or age you're at. It would be this work to have the joy of the Lord in your home, mm-hmm. a joyful marriage. So many miserable people. And I hate to say this, but so many miserable Christian marriages and Christian homes. I don't mean there's no problems, but joy is a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, our ministry is called enjoying the journey. And that's, that's our podcast and our emphasis and all of that. Well, that started in my heart. Um, really as a boy, my mom and dad have been married for almost 50 years now. And here's the amazing thing. They're still happy Christians. I mean, instead (laughs) of becoming sour, cynical people, as they've gotten older, they've kept the sweetness. They've kept the joy. They enjoy the Lord. They enjoy one another. They enjoy serving together. And uh, I really believe we've got to learn how to enjoy the journey together, how to make the most of the one life God has given us. And uh, sometimes that means putting things away, getting over things, uh, refusing to bring things up again. And uh, always it means keeping Christ in his proper place. Amen. Amen. And that's that's great. Such great encouragement. If, if you've been encouraged by today's episode, please like it, uh, share it. So maybe it could be a blessing to someone else. Maybe that is going through some tough times in, in their relationships or whatever it may be. And uh, Brother Scott Polly, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your heart with us. Sure hope it was a blessing to you listeners. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. Amen. All right. And God bless you guys. We'll see you next time on Moving Forward.